0: Good evening. How are you guys? Awesome. Oh, good. Good. It is nice to see you. I can barely see you, but it's nice to see you. It's bright. Just move up. Okay, it's been an awesome semester. Hey? Like when we think about that, this is the last chapel of the semester. I am, I'm, I feel very, very blessed by the Lord. I don't know about you, but I feel very blessed because I feel like the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me. Oscar! Hey, man! Oh, nice to see you. Sorry. <laughs> I feel extra blessed tonight. Oscar's in the house. Um, there's lots of people that are here. This is awesome. And those of you who are guests... Thanks for coming. It's so nice that you get to that you're coming, and yeah, thanks for coming. So, I have fe- I'm feeling blessed, and I feel like um, my faith muscles have been stretched. I feel like um, my, yeah, my faith has been challenged over the last three months. How about you? Do you feel like your faith muscles have been stretched? Do you feel like your faith has been challenged? Does your faith mus- Do your faith muscles feel sore? Because <laughs> you know when we grow in our muscles and we work at building muscles, our muscles get sore. And sometimes our faith muscles can feel a little bit sore. Um, and sometimes they feel really, really good. And I, my prayer is that no matter, no matter how you feel, that your faith is stronger than it is it's stronger today than it is September one. That's my prayer. That your faith is stronger, and my prayer is that our, our faith continues to grow stronger, even when we stop having a series on faith. Um, but I have, felt, I have felt very blessed by the Lord, and I have been, I have been convicted, I have been challenged, and I'm grateful. Um, and so if you have felt convicted or challenged and you feel grateful for, the, for that, could you maybe tell your neighbor that you have been convicted or challenged, or you feel like your muscles are sore, or you feel like you're stronger, something like that? Tell them about your faith real quick. Not because you were doing squats yesterday and your legs are sore, or planks, and your back or your core is sore. Okay, stop telling him about your faith. No. (laughs) Okay, so tonight is our last night talking about faith um, in our series. And it is a particularly interesting evening um, because we're finishing up our Hebrews 11. But we've been talking about faith for three months, right? We've been talking about faith, looking at two different texts about faith. We started in, who can shout it out? There you go, 2 Peter chapter 1. So you have the one correct, it was just in the wrong spot. That's right, just in the wrong spot. So we were talking from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, right? And we should probably know it by now, but it is by God's incredible grace and mercy that he gave us a gift, and the gift is faith, right? And he has given us, in his divine nature, everything that we need for life and godliness, Everything that we need. And we are to engage or participate in that divine nature and cultivate our faith, right? And we are to cultivate our faith by adding to our faith what? Let's hear it. Goodness. Faithfulness. Steadfastness, yes. Goodness, godliness, perseverance, yes, 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 good, good. So we were supposed to add to our faith those virtues. And as we add to, those fi- add to our faith those virtues, we become effective, right? Not only do we become effective, but our eyes are open to see what God is doing, right? Right. Just making sure we all remember what we've talked about. Great, 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 great. great. So, we also learned that not only is faith cultivated for our own to have a nice little, like, window garden, but it is for us to express, right? Our faith is for us to express. So we take a look at that back in September and a little bit of October. Was it just September? Anyways, it doesn't really matter. Uh, we looked at that. And so then when we were taking a look at faith with Second Peter, we ended off with that faith needs to be expressed, So, we took a look at Hebrews 11. Bless you. Um, We took a look at Hebrews 11, where faith was, in fact, expressed. It's an entire chapter of expressed faith. Entire chapter. And so, we took a look at, at the very beginning, what faith actually was. Right? It's that confidence. It's that firm confidence in what we hope for. And sure, being sure. Like, sure, sure, sure. Not just like... It's sure, it's knowing, right? Well, thank you. I don't know what I did, but thanks. So it's, it's being sure of what we hope for. So then we took a look at a few different people who actually lived that out, who expressed That And so we looked at Abraham, where Abraham was facing fear and and faith. And we looked at that. And we took a look at Moses, who was challenged and was a part of not only his story, but a bigger story. And looked at faith and how faith chooses to see. Not just what's in front of us, but what's beyond that. Then we took last week was an awesome sermon from Rahab, right? Wasn't that so... That was good. And so Rahab reminded us that, like, faith happens even in the midst of fear. Even in the, and faith happens in people and places that we don't even expect faith to take place. It was such a beautiful, redeeming sermon about how of faith, it was awesome. And so here we are today. We are at the end of our chapter 11. So that's where we are. How many of you you've been writing papers, or you're working on your youth com sermon, and you're writing, and you have like you're working on it, and you're like finding your groove, and you're like this is from the Lord because I don't feel like motivated, right? But you're like you're clipping away, and you're you're going good, and you're, you're writing, 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 and you have like maybe one point left in a conclusion. And you think to yourself, okay, this is good. I'm feeling good. I want to see what I'm at, how many pages I'm at. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You know, that moment when you're like, click, and then you see, whoo, right? But then there's a moment where where you're like, whoo, I only have one page left. But then there's this moment of like, oh, shoot, I'm over, right? You know the one, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Yeah? When you're, like, over your word count and over your page count? And you're like, oh, no, I don't, have to, I don't have space to fill in the rest of what I'm talking about. So then, instead of, like, reworking what you've already done, you just, like, give really general things and, like, give, you know, you know you've all done it. I know. I've read some papers. <laughs> right? There's, like, the end is, like, and Jesus saves, period. Right? Like, <laughs> Right? Well, that is, (laughs) that's essentially where our author's Hebrew, the author of Hebrews is at. So he's given these details and he's like, oh shoot, I don't have any more time and space to talk about this stuff. So this is where we're going to go. So it will be up on the screen, but let's take a look at Hebrews 11 and verse 32. Oops, wrong way. So, we're going to go from verse 32 to the final end. <laughs> okay, so here we go. And what shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon or Barak, or Samson, or Jephthah, or David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, and administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword. He doesn't have time to talk to us about that. (sighs) Whose weakness was turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle, and routed foreign armies. I don't have time to talk to you about women receiving back their dead and raised from life. Others who were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced tears and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison and were stoned and were sodden too. I don't have time to talk to you about the people who were sodden too. They were put to death by the sword and went about in sheepskins and goatskins destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world wasn't worthy of these people that I can't tell you more about. (laughs) They wandered in the desert and mountains and in caves and in holes in the ground. (laughs) These were (laughs) all... It's nuts. These are all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God has planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. That's so funny. Jesus, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you that it is alive, and I thank you that you speak through it. Holy Spirit, would you speak? Would you aliven your word to us? Would it fall into our spirits um, and would we have something to take home that leads us closer to you? Amen. Isn't that hilarious? (laughs) Like, what a bizarre thing to not have time to talk about, right? Like, you know, it might be worth, like, I don't have time to talk to you about, like, you know, when Mary was at the market, Right? Like, I don't have time to talk. Like, that's frivolous stuff. This isn't frivolous stuff. I don't have time to talk to you about this stuff. It's so funny. He, he lacks the space. Like, he's taken so much time to talk about, like, Abel and Enoch and Abraham and Moses and Noah and Jacob. 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 <laughs> and Joseph. That was like Jacob and Joseph together. <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> And Rahab, he's taken up all of his space for those people, and now the author doesn't have any more space. But the author is content with what he's provided for us. He's provided enough material. He's provided enough uh, examples of faith expressed that proves the point. The point is what faith is. Faith is being confident in what is hoped for and sure of what is unseen. So there's enough material there that already proves the point. So we could, we could say, okay, Beth, now I know. Now I know if I'm going to live by... This thing is dangly. Now I know. If, if I want to live by faith, I know what it looks like. But then he just adds, like, proof to the pudding. He just adds a little bit more. It's like putting sprinklers on a, sprinkles on a Sunday, but through, like, people who are at Sodden, too. <laughs> And what he does is he gives these, like, pretty massive sweeping statements, right? Like, cheered, flogged, sheepskins, um, and, and he gives us these broad, general pieces, but there are some really, really specific pieces of learning that we can take away from this text. So I want to take a look at the very first piece that we can take away, and that's number one, faith, not faultlessness, So faith, not faultlessness. Okay, so the author begins by saying, I don't have time to talk to you about, and then he names four different judges. So we see Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah. And so these four men literally advanced the kingdom of God, literally. Like an army advanced the kingdom of God. So they are moving, they are moving things. And if we didn't know their story, if you might just think, way to, way to go, guys. Way to make the list, right? Way to go. Only, do you know their stories? They're whacked. Like, they're, quite, they're incredible stories, incredible stories. Here's Gideon, right? He's, like, in the wine press, Greeted by the angel of God. Great and mighty warrior. He's hiding. And so what does he do? He Like the Lord gives him great grace and great, uh, great courage. And they take out the, I want to say Midianites, yes. They take out the Midianites. So here we go. They've advanced the kingdom of God. Taken out the Midianites. And then what's he do? He makes a golden ephod so that the entire nation of Israel can worship a golden ephod and the Bible says that all the people prostituted themselves before God (laughs) whoops a daisy (laughs) like really veered off course there Gideon really veered and then we get, get Barak, who is commissioned by the judge Deborah to get a group of people together, make an army, and you're going to take out the Canaanites. And he says, well, actually, Deborah, I don't want to go unless you go with me. And Deborah is like, if you're not going to go, like, I'll go with you, but you're not going to get the win. As the leader, you're not going to get the win. Now, The entire army took out the Canaanites, but Barak didn't get his win. See, it would be Barak who would be like the one, he's like, he's the head one, so he's going to try to take out the head, right? He's going to take out, he's the commander, he's going to try to take out the other commander of the bad guys. Only that's not Barak's story. You know who takes out the commander? A lady by the name of Jael. Who, this is nuts, She takes out the commander with a tent peg in his temple. That's the story. Way to go, Barak. Right? Like, that's not even... He gets the win, kind of, but he doesn't get the win. Faithful. Samson. We know his story. Jephthah. (laughs) God redeems them by, woo, bad choices. Then there's Jephthah, who destroys the army of the Amorites. And he's in such passion, he makes a commitment that is the worst commitment ever. And as a result... He sacrifices his own daughter. He sacrifices his own daughter. Like, way to be hasty. Haste makes waste, and his waste was his daughter. Like, that is crazy. That's crazy. These Old Testament guys, these four, have major deficiencies. Like, major. However, there is one thing that all four of them have. They have a keen sense of God's faithfulness. They had a keen sense that God is faithful and would actually empower them and the people of Israel to do what God has commanded them to do. They had a keen sense of God's faithfulness, that no matter what the odds, God would provide. That's why they're in the list. Not because they killed their daughter. but because they saw that God was faithful. So, and we we saw this before. In every single situation that we've talked about, in Abraham, Moses, Rahab, and now these four, we were reminded that it is not not our faultlessness, but it is our faith that God approves. It's not our faultlessness. We can't bank on faultlessness. They're not credited not by being faulty, but by being faithful. Now, we have to recognize that we are not faultless. However, in recognizing that we are not faultless, that does not give us room to just be willy-nilly with our choices and our faith. Right? That doesn't give us the freedom to do that. We are... Scripture tells us that blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness... So we lean into hunger, we we lean into righteousness. But we also know that 1 Corinthians 127 says, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world to despise to the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. See, all of these stories are, are stories of God's faith, right? This is God's faith. Paul, who wrote that, also recognizes that this is true about himself and says in 1 Timothy 1:15 to 17, he says, Here's a trustworthy saying. It deserves full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, who I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of all sinners, Jesus Christ might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now the King eternal, immortal, invisible, and the only God be honor and glory in forever and ever. Amen. We are are not faultless. We have incredible faults. I have incredible faults. I know you do too that doesn't mean that we can't live faithful lives and by God's grace he gives us he gives us he calls us faithful which is incredible so faith is not faultlessness and it's not it, and when we think about what faith looks like or what faith is faith is not a name faith is not a name So our text says, I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of sword, whose weaknesses were turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead and raised to life. I... As much as I was joking before, I think it's hilarious that he doesn't even have time for David. He doesn't have time for King David. David who killed lions and bears. David who killed Goliath. David who is like the king, right? David, the one who like, who is in the lineage of Jesus, right? Lineage of Jesus. We don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that, right? Right? Like, it's just one little name. All he says is, I don't have time to tell you about David. And then he doesn't have time for the person who anointed David and Saul. The man, Samuel. He doesn't have time to talk to you about Samuel or how his mother pleaded to God for a son. And then after she got a son, gave him back to to God. Doesn't talk about that faith. He doesn't talk about Samuel who gave his entire life for God and the nation of Israel. He doesn't take time for that. That's crazy. Or the prophets. The, no time for that. But we see the shift. So it moves from any of these names and we shifts and these people, which were... These people lived by faith. Now we have a whole bunch of scenarios of people living through faith. And we now see things like... Um, experiences of people who were conquering kingdoms so now we move into these concepts and we can associate people to those concepts so when when i think of conquering kingdoms i think of joshua and when i think of administering justice i think about like ehud ehud oh. <laughs> ehud is one of my favorite stories do you guys know do you guys know who ehud is he, like, killed a man by stabbing him in the stomach, and the man was so fat that his, like, stomach ate the knife. It was so awesome. And he's left-handed, and I'm left-handed, so I love that story. <laughs> it's one of my favorite stories. But, like, he administered justice, Ehud did. And, he, and we see, like, when it says about people who, were, who gained what was promised to them, I think of, like, Ruth and Naomi, who received a kinsman redeemer, We think about, like, crazy. No mention of Daniel, but those who shut the mouths of lions. Amazing. This is so beautiful. How gracious God is. Did Daniel shut the mouths of lions? No, God did. But it's credited to people. And we know that it's Daniel there. And then it says, those who quench the fury of flames. Again, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are credited that they have... Lived out faith, and their faith is not that they survived it, particularly with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their faith is not necessarily that they survived it and that they came out not smelling like fire. The faith that's credited to them is that they said that they would do it even if God didn't spare their lives. That's their faith story. We see that there are some that have escaped the edge of the sword. We think of like Nehemiah or Jeremiah or Shamgar. Yep, he's in there. He's in there. We think about those whose weakness turned into strength because, because they were empowered by God. In the Old Testament, it talks frequently about how they were empowered by the Spirit so that they were able to take armies. And then I love this: women who received back the, from the dead, and, whew, women who received back from the dead and raised to life. So here are these women who received people back to them, and who do I think of? Elijah and Elisha. Elijah and Elisha, who like this is so funny. I think Old Testament people are so funny. They like laid on, a, they laid on kids, like laid on people, nose to nose. <laughs> nose to nose and then prayed and then got back up and did it again nose to nose i'm not going to do that don't worry lauren (laughs) their names aren't even mentioned their names aren't even mentioned But the amount of faith that it would take to climb onto a dead body, put my nose on their nose, and pray that God would raise them from the dead, I would think that somebody would write my name down. (laughs) Right? But their name ain't written down here. But their faith is. Their faith's written down. These people's names weren't written down, but the shape of their faith is noted. The shape of it, what it looks like, it's noted. That's what we see here. Now, speaking of shapes, I want to try something out here. So in design, so there's something called empty space in an image. So empty space, in the most basic sense of it, is an empty or negative space that emphasizes and defines the edges of a particular, of the positive space. Make sense? Let me show you what I mean. There's, can you go to the Pittsburgh one? Thanks. Okay. Okay. I love, I love the verbal processing of what's happening here. I love it, that's awesome. Okay, so we see our positive space, which is the tree, that's our positive space. Our negative space is the white, where we see a gorilla and a lion and some fish. Awesome. Oh snap! Snap! Here we go! Now we're all on board. We are all on board on this train. Do you see it? Do you see it now? Okay. Okay. Good. What was the first thing? What was the first thing that you did see? What was the first thing? That, the tree. You saw the tree first. You saw the tree first. Okay, so in this picture, we have this like undefinable, like it's, it's not fully defined, this white space, this negative space, it's not fully defined in this sense. But if we go to the next one, we have something that's a little bit more defined. So Toblerone, Mark, this one's for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. All right. We have some empty space in this photo. In this image, we have empty space, which is starting to tell a story about where Toblerone actually comes from. In that picture, we see an image in an empty space that most of us can't even see or recognize that's telling the story of where Toblerone is made in Switzerland, in the city of, hang on a sec, Tobel. Actually, that's the last name of the guy. Yeah, that's the last name. Tobel is the guy that made it. He comes from the city Bern, and the coat of arms of the city has a bear like this, like this. Do you see the bear? Can you see the bear? Do you see the bear? No. Okay. Okay. Qu- quiet, quiet down so I can tell you. Okay. Okay, so right, right where the, look at, look at the shadow, not the microphone. Okay, maybe, look at the microphone, not the shadow. That is the nose right there. Paw number one, paw number two, paw number three, paw number four, belly, right there. Do you see the bear? Yeah. The purpose of that bear to be inserted in that picture is to tell the story of where the Toblerone actually came from. Interesting, hey? Very interesting. The last one, FedEx. Oh, aren't you guys so quick? So quick. Okay. What should people be looking for? An arrow. If you look in the EX, in the negative space, if you look in the negative space of the EX, you see an arrow. Now, FedEx has nothing to do with directional signs. It has, do you see it now? You got it? Awesome. It has nothing to do with where to go? FedEx, as we know, has something to do with shipping. And so that arrow, the reason the arrow is in that negative space is to to highlight the fact that as a shipping company, their priorities are speed and precision. That's what that arrow is saying. FedEx is about speed and precision. Therefore, they put an an arrow inside their logo so that they can tell everybody what they're about without telling people what they're about. So I wonder what our faith would look like if it had a shape. I wonder. I'm going to need some volunteers. Okay, Paul, I need you. I need you to stand right here. No, you can you can face the crowd. face the crowd. All right. I need people. Can you zip up your can you make sure that you're I need I need people in dark shirts is what I need. Yeah. I need a dark shirt. I got okay, I need six. One, two, three, I need. All right, Awesome. Excellent. You can stand right here. Can you turn that around? All right, Cole, come on up. You got one, two, three. Four, five, I need one more. All right, here we go. Oh, I just need one of you. Okay. Oh, no, I can use both of you. I can use both of you. Okay. All right. So maybe, maybe, Cole, your faith looks like that. You know, just, just like that. Maybe, Paul... Your faith looks more like a triangle. You get just that. Your faith and your faith look awfully similar. You're actually going to need to get nice and close. Good. And like, can you move your, yep. Yep and your faith in your faith you have a similar walk of life your faith has looked quite quite similar i need you to like get on your knees and be right in front of her yeah yep. yeah yeah no, like and then put your feet like right in here put your feet in there okay. get nice and close there we go now can you guys shimmy back a little just shimmy. yeah there we go there we go okay you can hold that great what if that was the shape of your faith pretty lackluster not very fancy. You would think that actually, if my faith looked, I would want a fancy shape, like maybe a parallelogram. But <laughs> but we don't have any parallelograms here. But we do have some shape. And perhaps your faith is shaped a little bit more like, you know, like this spit and then this and and down here. But these are the empty spaces. These these are just the empty spaces. Perhaps if we move you closer and we move you closer and closer. That's right. You guys eat dinner together. You can get close. (laughs) And I'm just going to push all of you closer to them because they're like, keep going. Push, push, push. Push, 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 push. Okay. So So what you're seeing here Sorry, I'm missing up. <laughs> no, you're not. You're doing a great job. We got some empty space happening here. Your faith looks like that. Your faith looks like that. Yours, <laughs> yours looks the same. Yours looks the same. What do we see here? What's hey. our... What? Hey. Sorry, one more time. Hey. Hey. Faith. Look at this. You have seen in the empty spaces, faith. If only you knew exactly what they're looking at. You guys can have a seat. Thank you. Give them a hand. You can keep it. Actually, could I just have this one? Yes. Thanks. You can scrapbook that. Summit freshman year. Scrapbook. Scrapbook. Have you guys noticed, can I go to the slide that's the dash dash? Have you guys noticed that every week we've added some empty space? And then we went to this? Did you know what it said? And then? It's just shapes. It's just geometric shapes. And then? And then? Faith. Oh. what we actually what those shapes actually make we see the word right it's no longer about the triangle that's the second from the left it's now all about the word right the arrow isn't about in fedex it's not about the arrow it's about fedex it's not about the triangle in the word faith it's about faith when we think about faith it's not about our name we are the empty spaces we're the empty spaces in God's story in the gospel of Jesus Christ we're the empty spaces in the letters because it's not about us it's not about my name it's not about your name you're great God's greater and so it's never going to be about our name and the more that we can get more that we can get onto the idea that I'm that I'm a triangle in God's letter A, the more that I can do, like, I get over myself and I get more into him, right? That's where we need to be. Faith is not about a name. So when, the t- when our author of Hebrews says, I can't, I, don't even, I can't even tell you about these people who shut the mouths of lions, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter that their name isn't mentioned. Because what's mentioned is the is the miracle of god the faithfulness of god it's not about a name it's about god's faithfulness so then our question is are we are we there are are we there heart and mind are we there do we get it and are we going to live that way am i going to choose to take my shape and let my shape be my shape and if people know my name I don't really care. Right? I think that's where we need to get. That I don't really care if people know my name. I really care if Jesus, if people know Jesus' name. That's what I really care about. And that will, that's, that's faith right there. I'm not there. I'm not, I wish I was there already. I'm not. But I'm trying really hard to get there. And that's the work of faith. So, it's not, a, it's not a name. It's not faultlessness. It's not immunity. It's not immunity. It says in verses 35 on, it says that... There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers, flogging, chains, imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They wore sheepskins, goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world, they weren't worth the world, or the world wasn't worth, worthy of them. And they wandered in the desert, mountains, living in caves, in holes, and in the ground when we get down to the brass tacks of what it actually means to live by faith, it's really hard sometimes. <laughs> I've never experienced that before. I've never experienced that much trial. But faith, it can be hard. We are not immune to difficulty. We're not Godly men and women who, instead of being delivered, God did not deliver them from death. He didn't deliver them from torture. He was with them in it. He was with them in it. Even when they were offered freedom, if they renounced their faith, they chose not to. They refused to be released Knowing that um, the hope that they had, the hope in their the resu- their resurrected life, that hope was far better than immunity, far better than having a safe life. Um, it's so pro- the profound conclusion of Hebrews saying that that they that these ill-treated men and women, that the world was not worthy of them. I'm not going to really touch on this, but I think it's something worth thinking about, that as we struggle with our sense of worth and worthiness, that the world, they weren't, the world wasn't worthy of these people because they lived a life of faith. And faith, there is worth found in faith because when we live in faith, we live in God. So what we learn from these people... true faith not only enables great exploits for God, like great things for God, it also produces conflict in the world sometimes. It also pushes into what the world wants to see happen. It pushes against that. And genuine faith does not immunize believers from suffering, from persecution, from hardship, from ridicule, or from death. We... (laughs) We aren't immunized to that stuff. Just because we have faith doesn't mean that life is easy. It actually means it's probably going to be really darn hard. Really hard. And it's it's not even the outcome of our suffering that is the faith. But it's just faith. It's not the outcome. Like, what I mean is, I'm going to suffer through this, like, let's say I have... I have an illness and I'm gonna suffer through my illness and I'm gonna have faith that God believes me or believes, or I have faith that God can heal or I have faith that God will be with me. But the reality is, is, sometimes He heals and sometimes He doesn't, which is very, very hard to grapple with. Very hard. I'm not trying to make that easy at all. But the result of that suffering, healing or not healing, like victory or not victory like the results of that suffering isn't the faith it's everything in the middle it's everything in the middle that's what faith is when when we take a look that took a look when we take a look at this concept that faith is not being immune to the sufferings of of life what, what that means is as we are working through what it, the theology of faith like, as you are working through your theology of faith, it is also includes a theology of suffering. It can't be separated from theology of suffering. Faith has to have a theology of suffering that comes along with it. However, it also needs to have a theology of the cross and resurrection that's connected to it. As we're working out faith, because it's, comp- it's hard it's not easy, and it's not like it's not. It's not easy. It's hard, and there is suffering, and it doesn't always make sense. Which is why there's hope. So, immunize, being we, just because we have suffering doesn't mean that there's any that we're in that we don't have faith, right? And just because there's suffering doesn't mean that there's not hope. That's what faith is. It's being confident in what is hoped for. That is very hard work. It's very hard work, but that's the work of faith. That's what it is. So, faith, it's not uh, thoughtlessness. It's not a name. It's not being immune to suffering. And it's not finished. Faith isn't finished. So, verses 39 and 40 says that these are all commended... Yet none of them have received what has been promised. Since God has planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. The author concludes the chapter the same way he begins the chapter. This is called an inclusio. All right, so he says the same thing. He says these people were commended for their faith. Then he gives examples. Bam, 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 bam. bam, bam, bam. Names, 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 no names. This is they're commended for their faith. So we have this exact same piece. And so now, after this list of faiths, some named, some not named, some faultless, some not faultless, um, they're all commended for their faith. And all those faiths, they don't get what they promised. <laughs> but God is a promise keeping God, right? We sing it. We sing that God is a promise keeping God. So then how is it that they don't get their promise? What the heck? Well, this promise, this promise isn't really, because verses 11 and verse 33 talk about those who actually did receive their promise. So this promise that's mentioned here in verse 39 is not like an individual promise. that's not what that is this promise is actually a promise that is it's, it's a corporate promise it's it's a way bigger promise it's the promise it's not a promise it's the promise they didn't get the promise because God had a better plan It says, God had planned something better for us. So this promise, the promise is better and we're somehow included in this. So the promise for Noah, Moses, Abel, um, Rahab, Samuel, Joshua, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel. The promise for them includes us. And they couldn't get that full promise, the promise, until we got the promise. And the promise is Jesus Christ, is salvation through Jesus Christ who completes it all. They got the promise when Jesus came, and we now have the promise. However, here's the fun thing, is we're still waiting for the promise. Our faith isn't finished yet. Because we have a promise. We have the promise that Jesus is returning. So we still have faith to live out. Faith is not finished. Faith doesn't finish once we're done here at Summit. Faith doesn't finish once you get to that circumstance. Until I get married, which I'm holding on to faith for, then faith's done. No, faith isn't finished once you get your kids. Faith isn't finished once you get your dream job faith doesn't finish until we're like up with jesus until he returns until we're in his presence and with him in glory faith is not finished right so i got thrown off Woo! okay so we have this we have this this space again i want to con- So these empty spaces, right? These negative spaces. We talked about how that's us. We're the negative spaces. Maybe I can just add another layer onto this idea of spaces. Faith is in the spaces of our lives. It's not just for this circumstance and that circumstance. It's in the everyday spaces of our lives. That's where faith comes out. That's where we see it. And we continue to hang on. And that faith is hard work. It's hard work. One of the things that I've been so encouraged about in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about how... I'm just going to pull it up. This is awesome. <laughs> Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. I love that. All right. We're working on your faith. You're not feeling strong. Great. Get stronger. Right? Like grab on with whatever you've got. Hang on. That's faith. It doesn't mean that we're always like feeling 100%. It's gripping on when we don't feel like we have enough grip. Because we can't can't muster up the energy. We can't do it on our own. We can't will ourselves to have enough faith. We can't get there. We're going to fail every time. And when we have tried, because we know we have tried, we get awfully frustrated with ourselves. Am I right? Yeah. So we can't muster that on our own. We have to have the Holy Spirit to enable us, to empower us to to hang on. I'm going to ask the team to come back up. So we're hanging on because our faith isn't finished, because Jesus is still to come. So our faith isn't finished. But, my, but let, us not, let us not think that our faith is just about ourselves. Because just like the people who are listed in this chapter, their faith, we needed their faith. There are people who are coming behind us who need our faith, who need people to live at a life of faith that show examples of what it means what it means to live at a life of faith as a human being who's going to mess it up and they're going to keep trying. There are people that are going to sit in the seat that you're, seating, that you're sitting in right now, who's coming behind you, who needs you to be faithful. There are people in your ministry who need you to be faithful. And again, let us not take that away from the Holy Spirit being our empowerment. It's not, my faith is not about me. It's not, it doesn't finish with me. My faith includes you, your faith includes me, but it doesn't stay in this room. Our faith is for the people that are gonna be in our ministries, whatever that means, whether that's a capital M because you're working in a church or whether that's a little M because you're working as a counselor. People need your faith. Your kids, when you have kids, are going to need your faith. And then your grandkids. And then their grandkids. Because faith gets passed on. It really does. We need to live it out. Right? I've been very encouraged and my faith has been strengthened. How about you? My faith has been strengthened this past year. But I do not want to be walking around. You know those people who bulk up and then don't do anything with it? You know, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to be walking around all bulky and have nothing to do with my muscles. I want to put my muscles to work. <laughs> right? <laughs> it is so awesome. As much as it's hard work to live out a life of faith... It's hard work. It is the best thing that we can ever do is to live a life of faith. Hey? It's the best. It's the best because we mess it up time and time again, and God calls it faith anyways. He gives us a gift. Here's faith. Maybe that's why he says he, it's a gift of faith. Because you're sucking at it, but I'm going to give you faith anyways. And so I want us to leave here tonight on a big high, celebrating, because we have a lot to celebrate. Because papers, they matter, but they don't matter in eternity. All right? But you still have one for my class. Just kidding. But there is great Victory! There is great joy when we live in, in the kingdom, right? And so let us not hoard our faith. Let us give our faith away, right? So this is what I'd love for us to do. Could you stand with me? We're going to sing like we're faith-filled people whose faith is not about ourselves whose faith is hard and perhaps that's you right now your faith is hard it's hard work right now but whose faith isn't finished so let us sing with faith that's not finished that there's that there's more to give there's more to receive because there's there's more right Perhaps as we worship the Lord, as we give to him, even in our feeble hands, perhaps he gifts us even more faith. Could we celebrate together the faith that has been gifted to us and declare that there is victory in Jesus, that we believe that we have a hope and we're actually sure of it? Right? It's not just this, we're sure of who God is, we're sure of what he has. Are you sure? Sometimes we're not. We're going to sing it anyways. Right? That's why David said, bless the Lord my soul, because He got to get his soul in the right mind. Don't sing to your soul. Let's have faith, soul.